At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare when you buy kroger brand products you feel like you're winning that's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices in fact we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello and welcome to Long Shots here on the VEASAN Podcast Network. It is Matt Brown, it is Wes Reynolds, it is Kelly Bithen. This is the American Express edition of Long Shots. I'll go ahead and let you know right off the top. It is my least favorite betting tournament of the entire year. It has been the least favorite betting tournament for me for the last, as long as I can remember that I've been betting golf. But guess what? We're here to give you the goods anyway. We're going to do our very best. Uh, Kelly, I know we were talking a little bit before we got going. You don't love this tournament either. I, I hate it from a betting standpoint. Having said all that, though, yeah. it, it will always have a special place in my heart because uh, three years ago, you, Gil, and I decided, decided to start up a uh, one-and-done right on this week of the event, and uh, I hit the first one right away with an outright on Simu Kim. So <laughs> it will always have a special place, special place just because of that reason. <laughs> Wes, what do you think of, of this tournament? Yeah, look, uh, it, it has a strong lineage. I liked it back in the old days when it was the Bob Hope Classic, and Bob Hope was the host, and you had celebrities, and you had former presidents in, in this thing. And, you know, now they have that pro-am. I don't know if there's any celebrities in it or if it's just a bunch of people that are willing to pay the money uh, to go ahead and play this thing. Obviously, the main celebrity is uh, Pebble Beach here. In, in a couple weeks, but uh, yeah, the tournament has history, but it is kind of hard because you have three different courses. You don't get a cut until 54 holes. Then they cut it to the low 65 and ties. So uh, the PGA West stadium course is going to host two of the rounds, including the final round for everybody that makes a cut. And then you have the Nicholas tournament course, and then you have La Quinta country club. All three of these, by the way, ranked in the top 10 out of 44 courses last year in terms of easiest courses. So low scores this week, uh, assuming the wind doesn't blow. Yeah, guys. So Wes kind of gave you the the skinny on this. I mean, it is the reason this tournament for us is is tough to bet. If 
if you know, we talked about this last week on this podcast. If you listened to us last season, you know, we're, we like the data. We like to go in, we like to dig into the numbers. We like to try to find what's best and, and what we've seen from these courses before. Only one of the three even has shot link data. So we don't have that. And, um, Kelly, for me, you know, you go in and these courses, you know, this is the famous, famously, this is the tournament in which John Rahm called it a putting fest, you know, putting contest and all of that. Yes. Yes. A bleeping putting (laughs) contest. And, you know, which is why we've seen everything from, you know, the top of the, the, the top of the odds board all the way to incredibly long bombs win this thing, because the great equalizer in golf is the course and the conditions, because, Every one of these dudes are awesome golfers. If you saw these dudes at your home course playing, you would be like, this is the best golfer I've ever seen in my life. And like, it would be someone that you've never even heard of. If, if they're on the PGA tour, they are ridiculously good. And every single one of them can get after easy courses, which is why this is just as likely a Scheffler can't lay or, or, or Shoffley is as it will be, you know, a guy that's 201 on the board because when it's this easy, you can have guys that can go into that 20 under realm. And yeah. that's where you're going to have to be for this. Yeah. I think even taking it a step further, uh, and maybe you said this and you cut out accidentally, but uh, the, and like, you know, we bring this up every one. Like there are a few tournaments on the tour where like, Hey, this is a re- resort course. Like this is built for the general public. Like these guys are going to tear it up. It's going to be a birdie fest. This is almost a step further though, because you, because of the pro-am factor, right? So even like pin locations and stuff, like they have to make it somewhat, playable for those dudes so it's like even a step further like you got to give you know old johnny 30k there a a shot at least to make a par uh, once in a while yeah Wes, well i'll let you go ahead and give us a a quick breakdown of these three courses but as we said it's going to play easy the rough is not going to be deep the pin placements are going to be easy the greens are fairly straightforward um so it's it's why whenever we see a, a, a tournament like this it it the wild card variant uh, here in this is the fact that maybe a guy or two hits it in the water and that's like that can change the course of everything but outside of that if you yeah. you don't hit it in the water you're, you're probably going to have a pretty good day yeah and uh, as you mentioned uh, three course rotation i'll start with uh, the course that'll that'll be uh, determining this on sunday and you play it one of the first three days that's a pga west stadium course that's the pete die design uh uh, par 72, 71, 87, temp shortest on tour, usually plays a little, a lot harder, actually, about maybe a stroke or a little bit over a stroke harder than La Quinta and the Nicholas Tournament, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, you got water and play on seven holes. You got a lot of bunkers uh, on this course as well. Bermuda with rye, but uh, it is dormant, so you're going to get a POA overseed, but this isn't the typical POA. Like, when we think of POA, like the Farmer's Insurance or a couple of these other California courses, it's really, really bumpy, and, there, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, fluky things that can happen on those greens. These, uh, you know, based on what I've read from the pros and the caddies that are part of this event every year, this is like putting on carpet essentially that these greens are very good uh by and large despite the overseed uh very small greens here five thousand square feet 11 and a half on the stimp this was the ninth easiest on the tour this pete die design then there's the nicholas course poor 72 71 uh, 47 about similar length greens are bigger seven thousand square feet same agronomy pretty much uh this was the fifth easiest course uh last year on the pga tour average score about two and 
0.35 under par. And then the third course is La Quinta Country Club, the shortest of the three, par 72, 70, 60. Same amount of bunkers, same water, same agronomy. Very small greens, though, actually. A little less than 500 square, or 5,000, I should say, square feet. Third easiest course on the PGA Tour. So that's why you saw 27 under was the winner here last year with John Rahm. And you mentioned it, Matt. You can get a chalk like John Rahm, who was like plus 650 last year. And then in 2019, Adam Long won this. Uh, his uh, Twitter handle is at a long shot, and he was a long shot, 600 to one. If we th- if we thought Grayson Murray uh, was a long shot last week, because uh, 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 my usual partner on Beeson, Beeson tonight, Matt Humans, like, is that the longest shot you've seen on the PGA Tour? I go. I remember at this American Express event that there was like a 600 to one, and that in fact was Adam Long. So we take a look here, Kelly. I'll go ahead and, and, and kick things off here. You guys know that we make models every week, and I typically go in and I mess with models and do all kinds of crazy stuff and runs all kinds of different ver- variations. I did not do that this week because I'm not going to, you know, beat my head against the wall over something that I don't think is going to matter all that much. And so I just did a mixed condition model and just ran one version of it. And that's what I went off of this week. And that's what I'm going to go off of this week. And so I didn't do any sort of just overall strokes gained anything. I went into the, the mixed strokes gain stuff. And I put a little bit on approach over 24, 36, 50 and a hundred to get a just composite of what's happened for these guys over the last, you know, long-term and short-term for them on approach. I did the same thing with putting. I did the same thing with strokes gain total as well. Just kind of put it out for the short-term over the long-term, see which guys maybe fit the deal, fit the bill for uh, something that I was looking for. Heavy on part, you know, heavy on birdie or better, heavy on opportunities gained. And, and outside of that, easy courses and par five scoring. And that's about it for me. Like I'm just, I'm super, super focused here on dudes that are going to be able to score and dudes that are going to be able to putt and so that's basically where i where i went i don't know how you kind of approached it this week from a modeling perspective yeah pretty much uh pretty much all just scoring stats and yes and just i I mean i do this every single week i do i do end up building a model how much do i stick to it week to week depends on the tournament but i like to get an overall feel i you know kind of like you're describing an overall feel for at least where guys are falling over different time periods so it was uh you know look overall off the tee stuff uh, we talked about it a little bit already. I do think that is, you know, the the rough's not overly, overly penal when we're talking the stadium course. Luckily, kind of all these stats do kind of correlate across the three the three courses. But, um, you know, it's not overly penal if you are in the rough. But I think you're still looking at guys that, you know, a little bit of a little bit of distance sure helps here. A little and accuracy, you know, helps of just staying out of the water, like you talked about. You brought up already, um, and then it's a lot of aggressive approach stats, right? It is looking at strokes gained approach. It's looking at opportunities gained. Um, you know, some of the proximity ranges I looked at, like I think you want to look at wedges or like long irons, right? We're gonna have these par fives. You're gonna have four par fives. So the guys that are hitting two hundred, you know, two hundred plus you know, give yourself an eagle chance. Maybe if you can get up on the green in two, uh, you know, that's what you're looking at. And a lot of these par fours, you're going to have some shorter irons uh, into the green. So played a, they you know, looked at those a little bit, um, you know, opportunities gained, source game, par fives, birdie or better. Um, that was pretty much everything that I kind of briefly looked at. Wes, how did you go about building yours this week? 
pretty much uh, mostly the same. Uh, did Bob birdie or better gained? Uh, also opportunities gained. Did approach as well. And then the scoring stats, easy scoring conditions. Uh, did strokes gain par fives? Uh, par fives actually kind of a little bit challenging here, surprisingly enough, on the stadium course. Uh, I did just a general strokes gain putting, not huge. Uh, and I didn't go by surface because obviously this is POA overseed. So it's really just, okay, who are the better putters? Because I think it's going to be pretty equal here. And I think you'll have bad putters that can putt well because certainly the greens, like I mentioned earlier, very, very smooth, like putting on carpet. Uh, I remember, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was, uh, I think it was Mickelson a few years ago that was like, Hey, these greens are like the best we've ever had at La Quinta country club uh, because they could birdie that and just smash (laughs) that course. But, uh, so that was probably part of it. And then uh, a couple I took for context, uh, I took this and I wouldn't model this heavy at all, but obviously two of the four rounds are on this stadium course of Pete Dye design. So I did look a little bit. I was like, okay, who plays well on the Pete Dyes? And it's mm-hmm. the usual suspects, Cantlay, Scheffler, Sun JM, Jason Day, Xander. So, you know, not a real lot of surprises there, but I looked at that. So I didn't really go all that deep. I didn't go into like the proximity buckets or or anything like that or or bogey avoidance or three. I didn't do any of that stuff that I would ordinarily do this week. Yeah. Same with me. I, I, and, and typically, you know, if you guys listen, I will run probably about five different versions of a model as well to, to really get a, a good idea of what guys look like in recent form and middling form. And then long-term form, I just blended everything together in this one because I, it is just a great, it's it, the easy courses is just a, a great equalizer for all of these guys. And so I'm not, messing around with that a whole bunch more uh when we come back we will hear what Wes has to say about other golf tournaments going on elsewhere and we'll also get into our picks as well so a few words from our sponsors welcome back it is long shots here on the beast podcast network by the way everything we do absolutely free on all of our podcasts if you want to head to beaston.com slash podcasts you can go in and see everything we do and you can go in and you can subscribe and hell if you want to rate and review we aren't going to stop you from doing that either so if you want to go in and give us a uh actually i will stop you if you want to do a four or five we're good with it if you if you if you're compelled to do the three then just just move on don't don't worry about it like, like just just move on the four or five will take the three just just move on don't worry yeah about just tweet me in something insulting or something yeah yeah or whatever yeah just do don't it, yeah. don't do the ratings or reviews very used to that after that yeah we're trying to climb the charts here we don't need your we don't need your negativity all right whenever we're <laughs> whenever we're doing this uh before we get into our picks here for the american express each and every week well when there is an alternate tournament going on we're gonna head around the world with Ross Reynolds. Yeah, and uh, we stay uh, where we were last week in Dubai. Of course, the Dubai Invitational, and I'll tie this into the uh, disappointment we all suffered not being on Grayson Murray at the uh, Sony Open. Of course, you guys had Russell Henley right there. I had Bradley uh, miss out in the playoff. It was Grayson Murray around 400 to 1 who goes ahead and wins the Sony Open. And I thought it was very ironic that Grayson Murray won that event when, of course, we remember the exchange last summer uh, when Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner had the meeting with all the players and Rory had a little comment said because uh, Grayson Murray was very critical of Jay Monahan publicly at the meeting and Rory chimed in with a just play better Grayson well, he did. He won uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, got his card back and now won the Sony Open. He's now in the top 50 in the world. And exempt, I believe, for all of these designated events. And that just so happened to happen on the same day where very early in the morning, in the wee hours of the morning, Saturday night and a Sunday morning, 
Rory McIlroy had a one shot lead at the, at Dubai Creek at the Dubai Invitational and puts one in the creek on 18 and ends up losing the tournament by one to his mate, Tommy Fleetwood. Rory also on the back nine had a three putt from two feet. Uh, so why I bring up Rory is because he's a defending champion here at the Dubai Desert Classic at the Emirates Golf Club, uh, has won this three times. Uh, so he's top of the market. Tommy Fleetwood, who won last week, uh, right behind him, 10 to 1 uh, with uh, uh, Terrell Hatton, who's going to uh, play here. He played the two weeks in Hawaii. Uh, Brian Harmon, Cameron Young make the trip over from the States to play here. Joaquin Neiman, before he starts his live campaign, is actually in this field. And then the, the normal regulars, the Hoy Guards, Chorborn Olsen, Ryan Fox, Jordan Smith, uh, all in this field this week. So Dubai Desert Classic, a uh, lot, lot of history here. I believe this is its 35th year, 1989. So it's a Rolex Series event. So it's one of the bigger events that the DP World Tour will play. So you got a pretty good field. It's par 72, 74, 28, the Magis uh, course at the uh, Emirates Golf Club. Uh, so four par fives, three of them on the back nine. Greens are relatively quick. Rory was the defending champion here, 19 under. Victor Hovland won the year before. So you've had a lot of class players win here. Rory, Hovland, Bryson DeChambeau, Sergio, uh, uh, Cabrera Bello, Paul Casey. So you've had some class players win here. Uh, but uh, I only went with a few. I'm not going to go with Rory at three to one because that's what he was last week when he didn't beat a 60-player field. So it's like, okay, yeah, could he win? Sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not going to necessarily pay to find out with a much better field. Like I mentioned those names at the top. So I went with Adrian Moronk, 22 to one top 10 last week at the Dubai Creek event. Second for strokes gain off the tee SGOTT of the strokes gain categories probably is the one that matters most here over the years. He was fourth here on uh, debut in 2022. Shore Olson, 33 to one, three top nines in his last four events uh, was eighth last week. He has four top eight finishes here at the Emirates for his career. So I thought he made sense as did Jordan Smith, 40 to one, fourth last week in the event, led the field on approach, second for greens and regulation, third off the tee. So I think he could go well here. And then a couple surprises. One, uh, Sean Crocker, 125 to one. He was sixth last week at Dubai Creek, top six for off the tee approach and greens and regulation. And then a familiar name uh, used to play on the DP World Tour a lot. He's got eight victories. He's now back full time on that tour because he lost his live contract. Bernd Wiesberger at 120 to one. He has dropped off the planet in those rankings because, of course, live. They aren't getting world ranking points. So, uh, you know, disappointing on live. This guy only had one top 10 in two years. So that's a reason why he's not there anymore. But goes back to a venue where he's got three top 10s. I think, you know, he's kind of more happy to be back on the DP World Tour. He's not really a guy that likes to get in all this acrimony that we've had uh, between uh, the golf uh, the tours and golf world in general. So Baron Wiesberger, 120 to one. Man, what a world Bernd was getting paid, you know, like that's a, we, we, we talked a lot about the, the, the PGA tour guys going to live, but Oh man, how, what a brutal beat that's gotta be when your live contract uh, runs up. Right. Gets yeah. Canceled so, or whatever. Yeah. So oh, he's, man. he's, he's not back, but he's <laughs> back on the DP world tour trying to get rankings points and, you know, I, this guy was almost uh, top 20 in the world at one point. Now he's like 550 something. So he has really fallen off because he just didn't have any starts that counted. Wasn't yeah. in any of the majors last year. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. You know, maybe if you can do placement markets, if he's not a high placer, I bet him to win, but it's very small at 120 to one. Yeah. Kelly. Um, I look at, I, I, 
I look at some of the tournaments, some of the alternate tournaments. Didn't uh, didn't look at this one. I don't know. Uh, you, you fired in Dubai. You gonna you gonna fire any Dubai vets here? No, I didn't. I'm actually more I'm more shocked that you're bringing this up. Like, can you please name name a handful of alternate events that you bet throughout the calendar year? <laughs> yeah, I'm, call, I mean, I'm calling BS on that one, Matt Brown. Well, typically the ones that are still happening in the United States, like you know, oh, like, like yes, those, yes, yeah, some yeah. of the when there's United, a yeah double yeah, up PGA yeah, Tour or events whatever, going something on. like that. Yeah, yeah those, those will get those will get bet, but yeah, no, none of the none of these other. Uh, I was looking forward to your breakdown, uh, you know, where we missed you all fall from uh, what What did we have? Like Alfred Dunhill and, and stuff, yes. uh, Wes, and uh, South yes. African Open. We missed you for that. Yeah, one. we always have that uh, <laughs> World Tour Championship at the end. But this is actually one of the better events on the DP World Tour. All right. So, Kelly, let's go ahead and get into this. The picks that made. Uh, I'll wait and give mine, but I will say this just for just for clarity purposes. I am playing. No head-to-heads. I am playing no placement markets, none of that stuff this week. I'm firing on eight outrights. Oh, yeah. Um, Trying to hit a lottery ticket on several of them, and then I will just move on to a tournament I feel more comfortable handicapping, one that I feel like I have a better grasp on how the outcome might be. I am not going to sit here and, like I said, I, I, I don't, in a tournament in which it might come down to who rolls in a couple of 33 footers as opposed to like, who's actually the best golfer and stuff. Like I don't want to get my guy knocked out of a top 20 or a or top 10 or lose a head to head because a guy made a 44 footer. I, you know, that's just not or anything. a 39 footer. Like yeah, yes. Wes, yeah. is he just trolling us at this point? Like I what know. is going oh, on? Oh, I'm glad Please. you actually mentioned that Matt, because that did matter last week because it didn't go well for the outright, but it did go okay on some of the placements for me. Uh, uh, there was a gentleman, I believe he was the group ahead of the final group named Taiga Semikawa, who I need to uh, find his address and send him a gift or something. <laughs> but because he had a birdie that would have knocked out all my top 30s last week. And then he misses it on the par 5 18th. I give us like an eight-foot putt. So that actually won me like three bets, okay, you know, with, right. with some top 30 you. guys because they would have finished 31st. And, yep. uh, you know, so those matter. So, you know, placement markets, uh, I'll probably have a few of those this week, but maybe not as many as I had last week. I think yeah. that was, uh, I think that was, that was almost as bad as the Morikawa bad beat last year, Wes, uh, in Hawaii. Yeah. I am, I'm getting very sick of Hawaii very quick. Cause that was, yeah, I've had a I lot of, a position, uh, I was in a position to, uh, make a, a good deal of money on any outcome that wasn't Grayson Murray. And for the, right. events that, the events that needed to occur for him to not only get into the playoff, but then win the playoff that way was uh, just a real Hawaii heartbreak. Yeah. yeah. And then it I can't Hawaii even like heartbreak. I like, I feel bad for you guys. And then like, I literally just shot a dart on him and then hit. Like, like, cause like, it was like, cause I, I knew Henley was going to blow it. Like I just, I knew Henley was going to blow it. And I just went in and I That's saw the person. Bad. I basically looked and I was like, who has the most holes yet to, still to play? And yeah. I was like, I'm just firing a dart on, on Murray because he has the most holes left to play. And I'm going to see what happens. And at least that like made it back to where I, I didn't lose money last week. I didn't win Keegan, money last week, but I didn't Keegan, lose money. You know, full Keegan. You can't, you, when you go full Keegan, oh. that's what happened. I it mean, was right there. It was right there for him, right too. There. It's like, he, man, puts he, it, he puts it right in the f- middle of the fairway. Both those guys are in the rough. And then, oh, oh yeah. into yeah. the stands we go. Oh, yeah. yeah, It's like he's going to fall into this, <laughs> yeah. you know, just hanging in there all afternoon. And then uh, 
Uh, Grayson Murray makes that bomb. How about Benny on too? missing a four footer? Yes. Benny on was a popular play last week and probably that, should end up getting there. That's who I covered my Keegan and Henley bets with more where I had a nice position on him. So I'm like, okay, well, good. At least he can't <laughs> screw this. Oh, he did screw it. Oh, up. he did. In fact, screw it up, but I'm sorry. Nobody I didn't cares. get that out. I, didn't I was going to say, that. listen, nobody Ooh. cares about it. Yeah. No one cares yeah. about our, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no one cares about our, our losing bets from last week. Like, let's just go ahead and like try to give out some winners here. This week, yes. Kelly, what uh, what made your card? Okay, here's what I did, Matt. I also I also dipped my toes in lightly, but uh, some of these guys have maybe learned some outright lessons on. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, maybe I dialed back on uh, some finishing positions with them. Outrights for me, um, JT Poston. Interested to see if any, either of the rest of you guys bet this. Uh, when I first saw the odds for this tournament, I was like, JT Poston at like thirty five to one. I can't bet that. But uh, man, really digging into this more. Uh, yeah, it, I, I'm all in on posted this week. Uh, he was basically top six in everything I ran statistically uh, to look at this week. Then we're talking about six at the Sony T5 at the Century played in the fall with a T3 at the Shriners. I mean, finished T6 here last year. He's got solid finishes at this at this event. So it was too too tough for me to pass up an outright bet on him. Uh, I got him at 33 to one. I think it's 30. He's 30 to one at DraftKings right now. I just don't play it. Um, so bet him outright and then did play a top 20 on him. Um, I think with the, with the, with, with the tournament history coming into play here, what he's been doing, I mean, there's not many guys we can draw off a recent form with, but man, he has been playing well, at least these past couple of weeks. So did play a top 20 bet on him. Um, and then I, I have a feeling this is a guy I'll just be betting every year at this tournament. Mentioned him already. Siwoo Kim, 55 to one. Uh, <laughs> Wes, you always bring him up. This guy is a, uh, he's a Pete Dye guy as well. Yep. Uh, Siwoo 55 to one on the outright uh, market. We, we do know there are some, you know, there are some trends, at least linking from guys that playing in Hawaii coming over here and play, playing well, at least having a tournament or two under their belt. Um, he at least did play both of those was probably like, he was like eight to 20 ish and kind of the different stat models I ran, um, you know, previous years here, T22, T11 and one. So a solid three years in a row for, for him here at this tournament. So did play him uh, outright and then played a top 20 on him as well. Plus 225. Uh, last outright that I played Steven Yeager, uh, who is uh man, he's been playing whatever I see him on TV. He's seemingly playing incredible, uh, was kind of five through 19 ish in all my models that I ran T 18 at the Sony last week, played a bunch of events in the fall, um, all top 50 finishes, no, no, like crazy to write home about was T 36 here last year. So some good experience. He's a guy, guy with the approach shots, you know, I think him, Siwoo, uh, and a couple of the guys I'm about to get to. Uh, you know, if I'm not looking at the best putters, looking at very, very aggressive iron players this week that are going to go after pins, I think he falls in that category. Um, so played an outright on him, just a longer shot. There it was an 85 to one uh, on him, just an outright though. And then instead of outright, dialed it back and just decided to go with top tens and two of two of the two of the Kelly Bidlin regulars here, Aaron Ryan, Doug Doug Gim, both played in Hawaii. Uh, you know, both were really high in the stat models. Uh, I just don't know if I can get to the point with these guys anymore of messing around with outright bets on them, uh, especially when the fields have uh, elevated. Where this is a much tougher field than what where the uh, these guys were playing last week in Sony. So played top tens on both them. Air Rye plus seven fifty. Doug Gim fourteen to one, and that is my entire card. So you bring up JT Poston, and I'll tell you what ended up getting me off of not playing any head-to-heads this week, and that is subject to change should any interesting ones get posted. But the ones that are up, 
The books are uh, on top. I don't of know it. if I don't know if the I don't know if the golf world has completely realized what JT Poston has done of late, but the book sure as hell do, and they yeah. have him in like ridiculously tough matches. It's like him and Eric Cole, and him and Chris Kirk, and him and like like so. It's just like Finau, yeah, Finau and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, I wanted to go in and bet both posted in these head to heads like out the ass, and it just was like, oh. You put mm-hmm. him up against other guys that like my model likes this week and everyone. Likes. So yeah, it's very, I, I, that was when I was like, oh man, what a bummer. So I kind of had to p- pass on it. I hope that they put up some additional ones. Some maybe some of these other books put up something with posting that I can go after, but man, they, they are aware how well he has been playing and, and put him in some really, really difficult head to heads, which sucks for me because yeah. he it, was on the list here of 12th overall in my model, by the way, um, yeah. of all he, the guys I, in this. I was shocked how high he was in my mat. Sorry for cutting you off there. I was shocked how high he was. The only other thing I wanted to mention for this tournament, I think just overall hand, uh, overall betting ang- angle for this one. I don't know about you guys, and yes, we don't have a ton of recent form to draw off of, but it was, yes, I have Scheffler, Shoffley, and Cantley are absolutely by far the top three guys uh, to me, at least in you know how I would power rate guys for this tournament. And I think it's one of those that, at least compare odds uh, for the books that offer the winners without. I saw over at Caesars, at least those three, the, that market was being offered without those three guys. Um, I, I, I think there, I think you always need to check, kind of find that one book that's hanging those with that numbers, that, that numbers are somehow not that far off the full outright numbers. But I think this is a tournament that you could consider doing that with. Uh, Kelly, I am very disappointed that you didn't at least put, a five spot. And I'm talking not 500. I'm talking just five American. The return of your boy, Daniel Berger. I know. And you have no money on Daniel Berger. I thought for sure you were going to say like, just for old time's sake, I'm putting five American dollars on Daniel Berger because he is your favorite. He was your favorite guy to bet on the PGA tour forever until this back injury took over. He does make his return here, guys. And, uh, you know, I don't think we should be expecting very much from him, obviously. But yeah. if you if you look guy. back at the form that he had before he got injured, <laughs> man, great. he'd have gotten some bets from us. That's that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's great to see Daniel Berger back. I, there's a lot of these stories this year, right? Berger, Zalatoris, yeah. Woodland. Woodland just had freaking brain surgery. And I love Gary mm-hmm. Woodland as much as any of these guys do. Mm-hmm. But that is now you're absolutely right. I am rooting. Very hard for Daniel Berger. You know what? Even in an event like this, Matt, I'm not going to say that I'd be willing to lose all my bets, but, you know, if Ber- Daniel Berger won this event, I would be a very happy guy watching golf. On it would be a great story for us to talk about. That 2022 is. U.S. Open, by the way, the last time Daniel Berger uh, played. And he actually appeared like, and I put a little caveat in my column that'll be up at vcin.com because there are a couple of these stats because I went last 50 rounds uh, just to put that in there. And Daniel Berger, I think, ranked number one on stroke team total easy <laughs> courses. I'm yeah. like, now keep in mind he hasn't played in a year and a half. Yes, yes. So, so definitely keep that like in 2019, mind. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can tell you that a book in a faraway land uh, for uh, just for uh, for funsies does have a head-to-head between him and Zalatoris. So the Battle of the Bad oh, Backs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, oh, the, boy. The, yeah, the Battle of the Bad Backs, they do have a head-to-head up between. Berger uh, might get some action there, though, because we've at least seen Zalatoris. Yeah, good two, point. First two events were tough watches. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Uh, all right, Wes, what, did, uh, what ended up in your account, my man? 
Okay. Uh, uh, JT Poston, by the way, was my last leave off from an outright. Mm. I will have placement markets at least. I reserve the right to add him because yeah, I think he makes all the sense in the world this week. Uh, uh, lowest grade price, 20 to 1, Sunjay M, uh, uh, fifth in Kapalua. And look, two weeks ago, he made 34 birdies. And this is a place where you got to make birdies. And that was the all-time record, by the way, now on the PGA Tour for a 72-hole event. It's always been pretty solid here. Has never been in contention to win, but never been worse than 18th and five starts, 12th, 10th, 12th, 11th, and 18th. Uh, always plays well on Pete Dye designs uh, and uh, also has a victory. And a course that does kind of correlate here, I think, is TPC Summerlin. Well, he won at TPC Summerlin uh, a couple years ago, and that actually fit a couple of my guys, including the very next one, who's won the last two events at TPC Summerlin, and that's Tom Kim at 28 to 1. Six on debut here last year, only behind Cantlay when you take out Berger, of course, in terms of strokes gain total for easy scoring conditions over the last 50 rounds. So Tom Kim can go really well in Birdie Fest. Uh, uh, I took a shot, even though he doesn't have the great form here necessarily, despite a four, uh, uh, except for a fourth in 2020. Uh, Tony Finau, who is kind of the other guy rumored to be joining Liv, along with our def- not defending champion anymore, last year's champion at the Amex, I should say, John Rahm, but he elected to remain here. Didn't really play a lot in the fall, except for the Ryder Cup, but had a couple top fours during silly season at the Hero Challenge and that Grant Thornton uh, Invitational. So I think the game might be in pretty good shape. Got a little rust off at the century. Uh, Taylor Montgomery, who I got at 55 to 1, finished fifth on debut here last year. He was on the first page of the leaderboard most of the weekend at the Sony. Didn't really make anything on Sunday, though, and ended up finishing 13th. But number two in the field on approach, also really good putter, uh, uh, second for strokes gained putting last year. So I think he could have a repeat performance. A guy that's had some very good repeat performances over the years here is Adam Hadwin at 55 to 1. Also another guy that fits into that TPC Summerlin correlation because he was the runner-up to Tom Kim uh, last year. Missed the cut by one at the Sony last week, but had a 64 in the final round at the Century the week before. He's been runner-up here twice, 2016 and 2018. So I think Hadwin, who plays very good what is called desert golf, uh, I think could go very well here. And then two bombs, uh, Justin Suh at 130-1. to one. Top 10 over the last 50 rounds in this week's field for both birdie or better and strokes gain putting. Missed the cut at the Sony last week. 73 in the opening round, but 67 on Friday, so he at least improved. Uh, two top 10 finishes in his final three starts in 2023, so still not that far removed from good form. And then uh, uh, Patton Kazire, 150-1. to one. Only has conditional status on the PGA Tour, so he needs to take advantages of these starts where he's played well here before to rise up those FedEx Cup standings. T13 at the Sony last week. Also another guy that plays well at that Summerlin uh, correlation. Uh, runner up there in 2015, fourth in 2017. So Patton Kazire, 150 to one. So I share three with you guys, between oh. the two of you. I was going to say, um, Wes and I don't share a single play. So I we have... share JT Poston. Like okay. I said, I have uh, I have eight outrights, and that's probably all I'm going to do unless again, unless some interesting post and head to heads get posted, and then I'm going to come in on him. I, I really, really like him this week, and could end up being the only placement market bet that I make because a, a juicy top twenty price on him could be could be interesting for me. Top in twenty uh, circa plus one seventy. 
so looking here at my model, I went ahead and was fairly a slave to the model for some of these guys that, that, that really popped up high. And then I went in and dug into their stats and then it just, okay, everything kind of panned out for me there. Uh, fourth overall in the model, Eric Cole, mm-hmm. Eric Cole has been ridiculously good over since he got on the PGA tour. And, and if you go in and look, yeah, he plays all the time, but you go in and I, I told you guys all of the stuff that I put into the model this week and I, I stretched it out over recent, recent form to middling form to long-term form, all the different categories that I put in there. Eric Cole is the only guy that doesn't have a red box across the board towards something in this field. Every one of his boxes are green across the board because he has just been good at everything over the course of the short term and the long term. Eric Cole on the card. Um, that's a that's a differing one from you guys. The other guy, and y'all are gonna giggle, but honestly, I went in and if it's if it tur- if it's a putting contest, I'm gonna have a Sam Burns ticket. And Sam Burns is can get as hot as anyone on the face of the planet with the putter. And if we're looking at a guy that might need to roll in a 27 footer a couple of different times to to win this thing, then Sam Burns is way, way up there. And honestly, if his approach play in that middling realm had not been as poor as it is, so full disclosure, he's 30th in my model, but you kind of if you look at his like approach play from the hundred rounds and the fifty rounds, he's way down in this field, which really knocks him down in the model. If he was even just middling there he would probably be top 15 top 10 in the model for him so do have a sam burns ticket that differs from you guys and then the three bombs that differ from you guys and this is a strict strict model play eric van royen is is he spiked in mine too is Mm -hmm. 110 to 1 he was 14th overall in this model that I ran ahead of some big name golfers and certainly some hot golfers and certainly some trending golfers. And if you go in and you kind of dig on these easy scoring courses, like, you know, EVR is going to burn you on, on courses that, that have some trickiness to them, but he has tore up easy courses. And so in a tournament in which, again, we've seen triple digits win, a triple digit guy can win. This guy really, really does well in easy courses. So, uh, Eric Van Royen, Sam Ryder, 16th overall in my model for Sam Ryder. And you go in and you look at his approach numbers and it doesn't matter if it's short term or long term. He is inside the top 22 across the board in last 24, all the way out to last hundred rounds played here. We are emphasizing approach and trying to get it close and being able to try to make some, some easy birdie putts and things like that. So Sam Ryder is way out there. You can get him as high as like 205 to one, 210 to one. I have a 225, but that's at a book that's that we have in, in Nevada that most people do not. So um, real quick, Matt, I did yeah. have, I had a model that had Sam Ryder 10th and I had a model that had EVR 9th in mind. So, so yes, yeah. so there you go. Up those yes. My last bomb in there is Nate Lashley. Um, Nate Lashley, 325 to one. And you go in and once you type in easy scoring conditions and you start to look at the Nate Lashley statistics, he's not very good on difficult courses, 
but you get him into these easy scoring conditions and he is actually just inside the top 40 in like everything, you know, in, in every category. And again, like, yeah, he's not in the top 10. He's not in the top 20. He's not in the top, but he's got inside the top 40 in just about every single category when it comes to easy scoring conditions and in a, in a field in which, you know, again, we've, we, we think that someone could just kind of run hot with the putter. I want a dude who's putting it pretty close and in easy scoring conditions. You have a guy that his approach play has been absolutely phenomenal. So Nate Lashley, the three that I share with you guys, so I don't have to go in depth. Uh, Tom Kim with you, Wes. I also share Taylor Montgomery with you, Wes and Kelly. I share Steven Yeager with you uh, as well. So Steven Yeager, very high up in my model um, in this kind of mixed condition deal, 11th overall uh, in the model. So Steven yeah. Yeager, the one that I share with uh, with you guys there. So Tom Kim, Sam Burns, Eric Cole, Taylor Montgomery, Steven Yeager, EVR, Sam Ryder, and Nate Lashley. Now, guys, don't go wild on these triple digit, you know, guys. Like, don't be putting a ton of money on Nate Lashley and Sam Ryder and EVR. It's just their stat profile fits what I was looking for here and where they showed up in the model didn't match the odds attached to their name, but these are not like full unit bets or anything like that. So just don't go crazy with your bankroll uh, this week. And, and Wes, I don't know if, if it's not a good idea to, to tell people just in general here for a tournament like this to, to maybe pull back a tad from a monetary yeah. outlay just because it, it, there's so much variance and like, it really could go to, it could go to Cantlay just as easily as it could go to a guy that, you know, this is 200 to one. And so I just don't want to see people, you know, come up really disappointed at the end of a tournament like this. No, I think that's good advice. And, and, and this, by the way, is probably the best field that they've had here and maybe forever uh, with all these guys at the top electing to play this event, surprisingly enough, right before these designated events. So of the chalky guys, by the way, that you mentioned, we talk about Scheffler, Shoffley, Cantlay. Cantlay was the one that I would prefer if you mm -hmm. made me take one of the three, just because he has pretty good history here if you were playing one and done this week is there any um is there any strategy to something like this i mean i, I you, you you we like tom kim and we like sung jay and we like whatever but the problem is is they play all the time so you kind of want to hold on to a guy like that mm -hmm. you don't want to you know like i played justin rose last week because i wanted to play old guys early before they had a chance yeah. to get hurt and like all that but then he didn't do very well I don't know what you guys think, if there's any sort of strategy. I mean, Jason Day is in the field. Um, you know, if you wanted to play another guy with injury history, but at least he's at least healthy now, right? I mean, like he's 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 always a, a wild card to kind of, you know, get injured along the way. I don't know what you, what you guys think. Yeah, this was a uh, this was a get uh, – I, I used JT Poston. I, I used okay. him here. I, I, and th that's the – from just of just of highly how highly rated he rated uh, you know rated out for me this week, but also I I don't know he's a Wyndham Clark situation to me right is this going to be a guy that three months from now we're like whoa JT Poston like real I mean and he's played great golf dating back to last summer he has played solid golf I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I, I think he's in this he's at this point right now where I could see him regressing a bunch over the past few months or kind of taking that next step in really being a big name in a few months. I don't really know. So I'm going to use him here where I'm at least confident with him and, uh, you know, maybe get that out of the way. Yeah, and and for me, I don't like using guys that are like really chalky in these birdie fest type mm -hmm. of events because it's so equal in terms of yep. of the of the putting. So that's why I wouldn't use like a Scheffler, or a Cantlay, or Shoffley. Save those guys for a for a premium event or perhaps a major. Uh, uh, 
if I go a little bit down the board, this might be a week I use somebody like Taylor Montgomery. Yeah. Because this seems like a place where he might get his first win. And he came yep. close last year. So that's probably what I would use. I would consider maybe Sunjay or Tom Kim, but I think there's other spots to use those guys too. Yep. I, I, I agree. I, I think this is this is one of those where maybe you go a guy you a guy you still like this week, but a guy just a little bit further down the board because again, we we as we said a million times, there's just there's just a lot of guys that could win this tournament with the way that this thing plays out. Guys, everything we do absolutely free here on this podcast. So please go in, subscribe, rate, review. We do appreciate all of your support here with all this. If you want to hit us up on the Twitter machine, you can. If you have some questions somewhere along the way, the new VEASAN.com is live. So go on, go over there. And any complaints, head to the Bill AD department for that. And we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly pass along anything that you have over there with all of that. Good luck on all of your American Express bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.